Sports and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former disc jockey and the founder of DJ Connection, the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, and the current father of five human kids. And uh, I've got a lot of chickens. We've got the bunnies. We've got the cats. Uh, I have no p- pigmentation, really. Uh, and I'm joined here with a guy who, who really, uh, he's, he's, he's uh, we'll, we'll just say he's sort of a big deal. It's a Marshall Morris, one of the Thrive 15 business coaches. This guy coaches business owners. Marshall, what kind of business owners are you going to be coaching with this week? I mean, give us, give us a couple industries of business owners out there that you are currently uh, helping. Yeah, we got aircraft parts manufacturing. Aircraft okay. parts manufacturing. Yeah, we got okay. a food delivery service. Food delivery, okay. Yeah, yeah. maybe okay. some appraisals. We're going to do some appraisals wow. later. Wow, okay. And then, uh, and then online businesses, people uh, that are selling uh, different products and services online. And do you know what all those uh, businesses uh, have, have in common? Outside of the, the fact they all are, are words. Their industries oh, are okay. words. There's okay. have a, certain spellings and vowels and syllables. But it, what, 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 what do all those industries it, have in common? Educate me on that. They're all for-profit businesses. Oh. And when you say a for-profit business, the goal is to make money so that the business owner can have time freedom and financial freedom. You know, the idea of the business is the idea of a business is the business is supposed to serve you. Are you telling me that I shouldn't feel bad that I want my business to make copious amounts of profit? You should not feel bad. And that's why today's topic is so big. It's called the no zone. The art of saying no. So what happens is, is that if you know what you want, and I encourage every thriver to write this down, if you know your aim, if you know your definite chief aim, if you know your aim and you're on a mission, then you will be accused of having too much ambition. Again, if you have an aim and a mission, you will be accused time and time again of being selfish, He's so selfish. All he cares about is himself. He's he has all he doesn't care about the team. He's not incorporating the group. He's not working with the partners. He's not working with the team members. So let's 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 do an example of this. Starbucks, uh, Marshall. Have you ever been into Starbucks? You ever heard of this place? Yeah, I, I've been uh, to Starbucks once or twice. Okay, so Howard Schultz is the guy who basically took over Starbucks. A lot of people don't know this, but Howard Schultz was a white collar executive. He called a timeout from life. Boop boop, timeout. He takes a timeout. He travels over to Italy. Marshall, have you been to Italy? Uh, I've not been to Italy. You're I, a man who's traveled all around the world. Where, I, where, where have you been? Uh, I have been to Canada. Okay, Canada. I've been yeah. to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Uh, same country, but been up to Alaska. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Okay, so, so you, are, you are kind of an international man of mystery. A, a little bit. So he travels to Italy, and he notices the, these, these, these people. These people every morning, they're getting up, and they're congregating, and they're having this kind of this gourmet coffee. And he says, who are these people? They're, they're, they're making coffee every morning, and the townspeople are gathering around every day, and it's kind of like a community gathering place. People are there. And he's going... I don't understand. Who are the, who are these coffee makers? And they say, shh, they are not coffee makers. They are baristas. And he's like, whoa, whoa, I should write that down. And he starts noticing there's a certain atmosphere. There's a certain decor. There's a certain aroma. They have a certain nomenclature. And he says, if I bring this back to America, 
where they're currently serving coffee for 99 cents in a styrofoam cup, I bet you it would catch on. So he goes to the, the guys who, have, who make the, the coffee grinders. They have the beans. And they own this little thing called Starbucks. Now, Starbucks at the time did not sell coffee. They sold coffee grinders and beans. He says, guys, check it out. If you guys would actually sell fresh coffee, I bet you we could charge 4 or $5 a cup. But we'd have to call the people baristas. We don't serve small. We're going to serve tall. We're not going to serve medium. We're going to serve grande. It's, just, it's a whole thing. And they're going, what? So he says, here's the deal. I will work for free, and I just want ownership in the coffee experience. You guys keep on making the grinders, making the beans. You do what you do there. But I, I would like to take this brand and take it over. And they said, okay, fine. We'll, we'll let you do it. So he takes over the brand, and he wrote, he, he, his story is well documented in a book called Pour Your Heart Into It. And uh, long story short, now it's a big business. I mean, it's a billion-dollar business. And uh, here's one of the things that he's doing that, that uh, irritates people, you know? You know he doesn't play typically Christian music overhead, Marshall? Do you, you know that the, the music that Hobby Lobby is playing overhead? Hobby Lobby is playing Christian music every day. You know, they're playing Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith and other uh, DC talk groups from the 90s. I, can't know, I don't know any current <laughs> Christian music artists, but they're playing that overhead. And then he is playing not Christian music overhead. Marshall, do you, under, do you understand the profundity that if you took the music that he wants to play overhead and you took it to Hobby Lobby, it would not be allowed or vice versa? Yeah, it would, it would completely contradict the beliefs and uh, maybe values of the people that are going there to shop and buy stuff. Now, that if you took enough, you think about Hobby Lobby for a second. Hobby Lobby... It's an entirely different atmosphere than Starbucks because Hobby Lobby, they got Christian music everywhere, Christian decor. They're closed on Sundays. You know, Starbucks is actually open on, on uh, Sundays. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, Starbucks actually, when I was in uh, um, for Thanksgiving, okay, I went to a Starbucks when I was uh, in uh, Colorado at mm. a, like, a ski resort thing. You know, I've gone to a Starbucks. I believe I've gone to a Starbucks on Christmas Eve. You know, uh, I know I go on Sundays a lot. They're always open. Yeah, and you know, you know, but who's not open? It's it's Hobby Lobby. Mm. So the, the 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 values of the owner are shaping the business. So you have to have an aim and you have to have a mission. Otherwise, you don't have ambition. But once you have ambition, get ready for the no zone because now you're going to have to start to say no to things. You're going to start. You're going to have to find yourself saying no. So as an example. Howard Schultz does not want to celebrate Christmas in the Starbucks. You know, he wants to celebrate, you know, the, the holidays. The holiday season. The holiday season. It's the, the season the, for the you holidays. You got the holiday cups, not the Christmas cups, but the holiday cups. And you've got there, you got Kwanzmas. Oh, Kwanzmas. You, you got Hanukkah. Now, Festivus. I, I want to ask you something. Mm. Are you a little upset that they have not represented Festivus the appropriate way on I the Starbucks well, I, cups? I'm very offended. I think that, that, that Festivus should be celebrated with more pageantry. Uh, mm. more uh, accoutrements, more decor, more festiveness. It just really, I mean, Festivus is for the best of us. It's for the rest of us. I mean, you need to take, if, you guys ever, if you've ever seen Seinfeld, uh, if you haven't seen this episode, you need to watch it because Festivus is where they take George's father, you know, George's father's trying to get George a doll. <laughs> George wants a doll, and he goes in and he tries to get it, but a woman cuts him off gets the doll, and he comes home empty-handed. And he's like, ah, it's it. I'm tired of Christmas. Henceforth, we're going to celebrate Festivus. And they say, what's that? He goes, I'm not going to go through the hassle of putting up a Christmas tree. I'm going to put out an unadorned aluminum pole. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you guys how much I love you and encourage you and be thankful. I'm going to air my grievances. And instead of getting to, uh, by, by virtue of being in the family, by getting a chance to sit at the table, we're going to compete for feats of strength. 
and whoever is the most dominant physically gets to do what they want. And that is the Festivus story. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying this is kind of a funny uh, way to get into it, but you've got to be comfortable with knowing your aim and your mission. Otherwise, you just can't get it done. Because, Marshall, everyone's asking you to do stuff, man. Everyone. Every, there's a lot of good ideas out there. Yeah, everybody has an idea, and everybody wants to put their ideas on you and uh, maybe contribute their opinion on how you should be running your business. Yep. But why is that uh, a certain road to failure? Well, okay, here's an example. Steve Jobs, you know, he started Apple, co-founded it with Wozniak, okay? He co-founded the business. The business is doing well now. You know, it's taken off. Things are going well. And so he returns to Apple in 1997. After being fired, he starts the company. Things are going well. Fired. So he gets fired. But George Lucas calls him and says, hey, man, George Lucas, like the Star Wars guy. The Star Wars guy? The Star Wars guy calls him and says, hey, here's the deal. I'm going through a little divorce ski, a little, little, little divorce action, a big divorce, and uh, I own a company called Pixar, and uh, if I don't have you take over the company, um, one, we might not ever produce a movie. We've been, work- we've been at this for years. We need to get a movie out that actually works. And two, um, I might lose it all in divorce, so I'd like for you to take over the company. So Steve Jobs says, sure. He takes over Pixar. They release Toy Story. The rest is history there. He comes back now, and he, in, in kind of a coup, um, he comes back and they oust the CEO. The board fires the CEO of uh, of Apple, and he comes back and he takes over the business. This he takes over the company back in 1997. They were on the verge of failing, and so the company was losing money. They were struggling to survive, desperately trying to produce as many different you know products and ideas as possible, with the hope that it, something would stick. The idea was, let's just throw, try everything. Let's make all these products, and eventually something will stick. However. In his authorized biography, when he's sitting down there with Walter Isaacson, he explains to him that one of his first things he had to do was to come in and to begin to say no to everything. He said he had to make a list of all the products they're making. He said, bring them out. Come on, bring them out, bring them out. And these guys had all these products they've been working on for a long time. And he says, bring out the products. I want to see them. I want to see what you've been working on. And uh, I just want to see them. And then he goes around. He's basically like, no, cancel that. Stop making that. And Marshall, why is it so unnerving emotionally for people when they're told, not going to do that, not going to do that either, not going to do it, not going to do it, wouldn't be prudent. I mean, what happens to the designer of each one of those products who's been, who's been working on it faithfully for years when they get told that their idea is not going to happen and they need to immediately focus on something else? Well, it's really, really hard because for a lot of people and a lot of business owners, a lot of managers, a lot of product managers, it's really hard to separate the emotion from the motion. Okay, come on now. Preach okay. it. The emotion from the motion. And mm. so people invest their heart and souls into these ideas. And if they can't separate the emotion from, uh, from it, if you can't separate a good business decision from a personal relationship, then it's going to make a lot of dissonance for the manager to actually, uh, to actually make a decision moving forward. So if you are listening right now, I want you to write down what is your aim, what is your mission, and what are some of the things you have to start saying no to? So I, I had an example just just before we hopped on the show today. I had a had a young man. I'm talking to this young man, and he's got this idea. He believes this idea is the, the greatest idea in the world, and it probably it probably in my face, it probably is the best idea Ooh. ever. I'm probably missing out on the best idea ever. Mm. However, I was just I was doing some research, and I've discovered that I cannot clone myself. Really? Yeah. So I mean, we helped Barbie Cookies, you know, triple in size. We've helped Delrict grow dramatically. The research lab. I mean, they're they're doing great there in New Orleans. We've helped Total Ending Concepts grow exponentially. Uh, we've helped the Tulsa Oilers double their attendance. And so people are starting to say, 
wow, you know, if I hire a business coach to, 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 to coach my business, you know what? It, and if I hire those guys, I, I'm going to grow. And so, Marshall, they're calling us. People are picking up the phone. They're dialing. They're, they're emailing us. A lot of people are, are starting to come out to our in-person workshops, which, by the way, Thrive Nation, if you go to thrivetimeshow.com, if you go to thrivetimeshow.com, there you will find all the information that you need to know about the world's number one, the best business workshop in the history of the planet. That sounds like a lot of hyperbole there. No, it is awesome. We do a money-back guarantee. It's two days. It's not two grand like Tony Robbins. It's not 30 grand like the Maui Mastermind. There's no upsells like you're going to a Rich Dad, Poor Dad conference. No, it is just the real deal truth. And so I had to tell the young man, hey, listen, we have a scholarship program available um, for you. But with business coaching, it's $1,500 a month. $1,500 is our starting point. We have different packages. And with the scholarship, certain candidates can qualify for $750. But, bro, when my wife and I are working at Target and Applebee's and all the different businesses we did, and she's working at Office Depot, we had to sacrifice and put our money into something. Marshall, the program cannot be free. So I had to say no. Yeah. I had to say no. You got to draw the line somewhere. And you know what happened when I said no? What happened? The person didn't like it very much. Mm, didn't feel good. Yeah. So we come back. I want you to think about Thrivers. I want you to think about this over the break. Think about it. Think about it. what do you need to say no to. You're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Radio show. My name is Clay Clark, and you're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. And I encourage you to think about what do you need to begin saying no to during the break. Marinate. Get deep. Pontificate. Hallucinate. We'll be back. I'm the most humblest. Chose myself cause I'm at the peak of where my humble gets. Started from the bottom, but now I'm at the top. Listing all the things that my humble self bought. I bought chickens and trees and rabbits and cats. I bought my wife a massage. At the mall I could nap. I bought car insurance so I could insure my car. Pondered that all week so deep I'm bizarre. So ladies and gentlemen, I introduce myself. Number one business coach helping to build wealth so pale it's surreal but for real i'm so pale causing jealousy from kevin McHale. and now more from a man who's never been called beautiful your host clay clark <laughs> marshall you've not heard that yet I, that I, is the best i haven't heard that <laughs> you like yeah. it just keeps coming <laughs> That's oh, unbelievable. Now, the thing is, the thing is, I'm working on the uh, the Total Ending Concept song. You should hop in. This is the thing we do. A lot of, a lot of the Thrivers are reaching out. A lot of our show sponsors are saying, yeah. will you guys make us a song? And I'm like, absolutely. We got down the, we have the Tip Top Canine theme song, which people can listen to at thrivetimeshow.com. And we now have the Kirkpatrick and Lie theme song. Oh, my gosh. And so this weekend, I was just thinking about it because my wife and I, we just bought the property. We just bought the property. Yeah, wait. We whoa. Did. We bought it across the street. The vision. The, the vision. The vision. It, it, we did it. We got it. We done. So, so now we've got we've got a total of about eighteen acres to work with here. Oh man, that's a lot more trees. And so we're yeah. <laughs> and so the idea is we're wanting to build Camp Clark and Chicken Palace, a place where the Thrive Nation. Because right now they come out to our workshops. They come out to the left coast yeah. of the beautiful Arkansas River. Sure. And we have a twenty thousand square foot facility, that's which amazing. people love. Uh, yeah. However, I want to take people to to the camp. 
to the oh. workshop, to the dojo of Mojo, where it is a. Have you ever, have you heard about Bucks? Bucks uh, breakfast restaurant in Silicon Valley. Yes. Okay. A lot of deals have gotten done there. By the way, you need to go there as a pilgrimage. I'm I not should. kidding. You would love it, dude. The the first time I uh, heard about Bucks was in the startup game yes. by, by Bill Draper. Bill Draper, yeah. That, you, I'm just telling you, you need to go there because that's what I want to build. And so Bucks is a place where every time like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or somebody came in or something, a deal got done or something, he would take photos of it and he would put it up on the walls and he'd put it in frames. And now you walk in and it's like... Oh my gosh, what is this? That's kind of what our office is like. It's kind of like the Disneyland of entrepreneurship. That's right. We're always adding texture. The problem is when we move, I'm going to have to like somehow de-sheetrock <laughs> things and take pieces of sheetrock <laughs> with us. But uh, here's the thing, Thrive Nation, is that you have to say no to get where you want to go. I, I want to repeat that. You have to say no to get where you want to go. You have to push through the 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 the, the no. So you got to push through. The, you have to say no because once you know your aim and you know your mission, Marshall, you've got to say no to get in the right position. Okay, so we talked about on the last segment that somebody like Steve Jobs has to immediately start saying no to certain resources and start uh, certain spending and certain products. And they were like almost that. they were almost bankrupt. They were almost bankrupt. So he had to start cutting costs. Now, for the business owner that's listening, yep, I think. It might be start at even a more basic level. So yeah. I wanted to ask you. Sure. What are some very, very basic things that on a daily basis that you're going to have to say no to or things that maybe business owners should feel empowered to say no to? They're like, can I really say no to that? Well, I'm going to give you a bunch. I'll just fire off a buffet here and I'll okay. just kind of go. I'm going to try to keep it in the areas of faith, family, finance, fitness, fun. Just kind of go through them all. Okay. So um, for faith... You just can't afford to spend your day having religious debates with your employees, your teammates. Whoa. And I used to do that. I mean, there'd be a guy going, hey, you know, I know you believe in Jesus. And I'm like, listen, buddy, don't go accusing me of that. I'm not, This is before I was a Christian. I just went to ORU. And they're like, well, you're a bunch of wackos at ORU. You guys laying hands on people, healing them with the... And I'm like, listen, my wife went there, and I'm not a Christian. Now I am. But at the time, I'm like, but you know what? Here, you knucklehead. And I would argue with the guy for like a half hour, you know? So you don't have time during the. It's like a. Um, I view business as like a football playing field. Okay. And you know, let's say that your team's the Browns. Okay, so you're you're a big Browns fan. Yeah. And you're playing linebacker for that team. You don't have time to like wave at the at people in the audience and get into a, 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 a religious debate with them. That's not the place. That, all, it, all seven of us fans in the audience. You, I'm just saying, yeah, absolutely, all seven of you, you would get smacked though if you're doing that. Yeah. So the second thing is is family. Okay. You don't have a lot of time to get into family quarrels or family issues during the workday. And so many small business owners, I mean, according to Forbes right now, 57% of our listeners want to start a business. 57% of people want to start a business. But according to Forbes also, 8 out of 10 jobs that are being created, and the Small Business Administration says 65% of all jobs that have been created in the last 20 years are small businesses, which means that Guess what? You're working with your brother. You're working with your cousin. You're working with your wife. And I don't have a lot of time, and I do not engage. You see me during the day. I do not get into like family discussions. Mm. And the Lord knows I have family members who've worked with me over the years, but you've just got to not get into family debates. I mean, my dad and I, just as an example, I love my dad. He was super honest, did an awesome job on accounting, just great. And uh, every once in a while, you know, there'd be like, hey, you know, do you want to go, uh, you know, on this trip? to uh, Minnesota with me, you know? Do you want to go to Boston with me? And I love my dad, and I wanted to go to things with him, but I'm like, we need to talk about that after work because you don't have time to get there and st you, know, you, have to, you have to say no to those family discussions. So faith, family, um, fitness. 
You don't have time to sit there and do pull-ups during the workday and talk about physical fitness. And a lot of companies get sucked up in this thing where they're like, to make a better culture, we're all going to work out together. And that works out great until Barry quits showing up on his second day of boot camp. And now you're trying to hold someone accountable to something that's not their job. Okay, So friendships. There are some people I've worked with over the years that I, on a personal level, can't stand, but were awesome at their job. And sometimes you got to make those trade-offs. I mean, sometimes the attorney, like, like my attorney right now is a great guy, Winterson King, great guy. But I've had attorneys I've worked with in the past who I couldn't stand, but they were good. So you can't get into like, well, I don't like you, I don't like you. you got to figure out that whole thing, all right? And then you get into fun. You don't have a whole lot, of, in my opinion, you shouldn't spend your whole day focused on having fun. You should focus on celebrating wins by having fun. But you shouldn't spend your whole day going, well, I feel like everybody in our office needs a skateboard and a koozie and a, a Twizzler dispenser and free haircuts and high fives and hugs. I mean, if you, Marshall, I mean, it's endless the things you have to say no, no to. But I would just make a list of faith, family, finances, fitness, friendship, fun, and begin to say no. Educate us because you coach clients. What are some of the things that your clients have had to learn to say no to to get to the level of success that you're seeing right now as a business coach? Well, as you continue to have success, as your business business starts to grow, it's going to be very, very easy for the amount of time that you spend in the business to actually also grow. So you mm. have more you have more financial freedom, but then you lose your time freedom. So you got to figure out what are the things that you have to say no to. And I'm going to give all the listeners a couple things that they can immediately stay, start saying no to. Okay. Now, Marshall, Marshall, can I do this here? Because we have to go into a break. We've got some great gonna, sponsors. We've got, we got a lot of Oklahoma Joes we need oh. to be eating over the break. Okay. I would say this. Listeners, when we come back, Marshall's going to give you a specific list of things to say no to. And I'm going to sneak in one little tip here. Okay. I encourage you to say no to anything more than six and a half hours of sleep until you're worth a million dollars. I encourage you to get up at 5 a.m. until you're worth a million dollars. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Man, I always kept it righteous, knowing it would come back to me. Even when my hunger was outweighing a strategy, and I pray to God like I hope you got a map for me. Up at 5 a.m. like nobody wanted as bad as me. I guess hunger either kill you or it energize you. Motor City, boy, I've been a driver. The young Detroit legend, I swear I got the city inspired. And bought ML2 just to solidify it. Deep boy, deep boy, that's how I was raised. Boss up and put the city on forever my ways me and mine started charity to get a kid's clarity and take it further than the foundation we laid thanksgiving day parade i got carried through the city and after that i hope i get married in the city and after that i hope i get buried in the city even when i'm gone you gonna still hear me through the city sometimes i stay up well past dawn if God puts one in my head, that's what he wants I'm a simple type of artist I don't like to walk red carpets I would rather write one hell of a song yeah, I wrote this and it's one hell of a song Oh, Mike Posner, what is up, my man? What is up? That is Mike Posner's newest album there called At Night Alone, and uh, he has one song on there where he's talking about his superpower is writing songs, and he's not a big fan of red carpets and social events, and once he discovered that he wants to write authentic music and kind of avoid social events, he's been happier. You know, Ed Sheeran, similar story. I mean, they get happier when you, when you find the thing to say yes to. So I'm going to tee this up. I'm going to tee it up because Marshall's got some great tips for you. When you find your aim, I'm talking about your definite chief aim. When you find your definite chief aim, you're going to know you found it because what? You're going to have a hard time sleeping. 
because you're up at late night thinking about it, and you're going to wake up early thinking about it. And so when you find your chief aim, then you have that mission, that's when you find that ambition. And when you have that ambition, you're going to have to learn to say no to things. So for Posner, it's red carpets and distractions and social media. Marshall, give us the tips that the people need to know. You are a business coach. Pontificate. Okay, so we got four things. We got the big four. The big, the big four. four. The big four. And these four things that you can immediately begin saying no to are things that you can say no to within the context of running your business. And this so, is nice. So I see uh, business owners all the time getting hung up on uh, these different things that they feel like they should say yes to just because of social graces. Okay, just, I feel uh, like I should go to every single networking event I've ever been invited to because it's awesome to be there. Well, and plus, they don't want to offend the person that's hosting it. You know, I remember one guy, uh, no offense to anybody listening here who's from India, but mm. uh, this, is a, this is a true true story. Okay. This guy, used to, he used to come up to me all the time and says, you know, if, you do, if you're not networking, you're not working. Mm. If you're not networking, you're not working. And I remember saying to him, no, 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 I, I, the DJ company is very big, and uh, I have a Dream 100. I'm topping Google. And I go to the bridal shows, and that's what I do. Oh, but if you're not networking, you're not working. And I'm just like, that is great. That's a convenient phrase for you. I'm glad that you've been, oh, that don't. But I'm just like, you know, I had to say no. And there's, so you have to say no, and you, got, you can't feel bad about it. You cannot feel bad, Marshall. Okay, so we got number one, no to coffee dates. No to coffee dates? Yeah, because th who is typically the person that wants to go get coffee with you? But at if you're not networking, you're <laughs> not working. Oh. The person that wants to get coffee with you at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, okay, is probably not the person that's running a business. Typically, his name is Skyler. Oh. Uh, so, bro, I've got this idea, bro. Mm. And the thing is, we're on the ground level of a billion-dollar explosion. I just went to the Renaissance Hotel this week to meet with the Grand, whatever his name was, but he like helped start like Chevron or something, or no, maybe it was like an oil. The point is, these acai berries are made from like <laughs> dodo birds mixed with like cranberry sauce, and it's huge, bro. It's huge. You want to meet for coffee, bro? <laughs> so immediately you can say no, but you must have that definite chief aim. First. But if you're not networking, you're not working. <laughs> the number two thing that you can immediately start saying no to is lunch meetings. Oh, well, but if you're not doing <laughs> lunch, then you're not at lunch. <laughs> okay, what, so what do you mean? So you can't be going to these lunch meetings because I've never seen a lunch meeting end within an hour, ever. Oh, ever. yeah, but if you're not getting the bread... Or in the salad, then you're not getting the bread in the salad. <laughs> so if you uh, want to have a lunch meeting, that's fine. But make sure that you are not trying to run your business at the same time. You've got to completely block off two hours. And I've not seen business owners that can just block off two hours out of a day to All not right, be operating you're on a hot business. streak. What do you got next here? Okay, number three, no to business during family time. Oh, wait a minute. Because if you're not doing business at family, then you're not having family business. Now, uh, there is a uh, quote, okay, from Daniel Goleman. Okay, okay. From Emotional Intelligence. By the goes, way, this guy's a psychologist, New York Times bestselling author, sort of a big deal. His book, Emotional Intelligence, was a game changer 
where Marshall, he pointed out that no matter how smart you are, mm. if you do not have emotional intelligence and your ability to set boundaries, you will lose. Back mm. to you, Marshall. So now on our smartphones, we get our texts, we get our emails, we get our social media. I saw a picture of a cat. <laughs> oh, it was so nice. I clicked it. It's, a, it's a, unbelievable. And so we're always connected. So we're almost always virtually connected to the office. I just sent you a text right now. <laughs> and so for the first time, we're virtually connected, so therefore we must draw virtual boundaries to the office. Okay, we have to hold ourselves accountable to these virtual boundaries. And so when you're at home, you're with your family, you must be at home and with your family. I just sent you a Facebook message right now, and you shame my family by not to responding. <laughs> so while you're at home, I would encourage everybody that's listening to either try turning the phone off. Okay, I know Clay, this is a move that you've used before, or the do not disturb feature on your phone. Yeah, that's you, my move. You you gotta just be un uh, unreachable. Mom, 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 no disrespect, mom. I'm so sorry that uh, you felt maybe as I was trying to avoid calls on Father's Day potentially. But I just want everyone to know, Mom, you include everybody. My phone is off, baby. It is off. And you know, Father's Day was a deal where no one could reach me, and that was my favorite day. I love having the family over. I love people. I love it when I have people who can intentionally. When I'm in, when I invite people who I want to be around over. I love that. I love my mom. Love the family. Love that kind of thing. What I don't love is when randos can steal my time and my joy. And because there are hundreds of employees that we deal with, hundreds of team members we deal with, there's never peace if I keep that thing on, ever. There's never peace. So I got to turn that beast off. Yeah. And when you're running an international company or you're managing a number of employees or you have a ton of clients that have your personal contact information, it will not stop if you are always reachable. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, there are uh, celebrity musicians, good friends, uh, professional basketball players, people that will call us, and it's like you, we care so much, we want to do that. But then I realize I'm going to end up living in a van down by the river. I might be, even, I might be moving in with Marshall, and and you know my my wife and my five kids will be off doing something else if I answer my phone all the time. Mm. And as much as I love Marshall, and as much as I thought about the logistics of living with him and how that was just not even possible. You know, the thing is, you'll end up end up living in a van down by the river or with your dear friend uh, Bobby, you know, on his couch if you're not serious about setting those boundaries, Marshall. Okay, and then we got number four. Okay, and this is a practical one. Okay? Oh, it's about to clean up. But no to one-on-one -on -one interviews. One-on-one? One-on-one. No, I know you're bilingual. Did you say Juan on Juan? No, it's Juan on one. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, sorry. Okay, and so no to one-on-one -on -one interviews. And so if you want to come out to a Thrive Time conference, we'll actually teach you the group interview hiring process, which is a game changer. I haven't worked with a business that this hasn't blown their mind and helped them recapture so much of their time. If you feel like you're trying to set fire to the rain, you feel like you are just struggling to push that business uphill. You're just like you're not getting any traction, no success. Sales are down, hours are up, stress is up, profits are down. You're just not getting to your aim. If you have that aim, you have that mission, but you're not getting there, we encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for the world's best business workshop. My name's Clay Clark. Stay tuned. I'm going to go to Oklahoma Joe's. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
Hello, Thrive Nation. <clears throat> Hello, Thrive Nation. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. My name is Clay Tiberius Clark, and I'm sent here on the mission to get you in the best financial position possible. And so to, I have brought on the show today, Mix Master Marsh Marshall Morris. He's a very tall man. He's a business coach. From what I can tell, he weighs about seven pounds, and he's about six foot seven, six foot eight, maybe six foot nine. Uh, very, very thin, very active, very agile, very available. A lot of ladies want to know, is he available? A lot of ladies emailing in. They're emailing in info at thrive15.com. A lot of emails flying in. I would say the emails are flying in hot. And uh, people want to know, is this guy, is he available? Ladies want to know. And I'll say this, I, I don't know. Marshall, are you available? I'm very available. Really? You are available? <laughs> I mean, you're, do you doing group interviews? Or what's your, what's your, what's your current dating I strategy? I don't know if group interviews is the way to go about dating um, in the same way that you hire employees, but uh, okay. co constantly hiring. Okay. Well, Thrive Nation, we're talking today about the no zone, the art of saying no. So you have to, first off, you have to know your aim and your mission. Otherwise, you know, you don't know where you're going. You got to know where you're going. Well, then when you want to get, when you want to start going there, Every, just get ready for the no zone. Get ready to say no. Get ready for people to argue with you, to push back. So here's an example. Steve Jobs, notable, quotable, coming in hot. He says, people think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on. But that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are. You have to pick carefully. I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things I have done. Innovation is saying no to a, to a thousand things. And as a result of Steve's ability to say no and to do so repeatedly, he introduced the translucent and powerful IMAX. These could, remember, Apple was failing. And he's like, listen, we're working on hundreds of products, none of which are working. We've got to focus in on something. And then they said, listen, you know, we got to put the floppy drive on there. You know, he says, no, I'm not putting the floppy drive on there. We're, that, that's, that's, that's the past. We're moving towards the future. Remember when he got rid of the floppy drive? That freaked people out. No flop. Where, where's the floppy drive? Where is the... Then he says, I'm going to pull out the Apple desk bus connector. Why? Because he's like, you know, USB is going to be the new move, man. That's a new move. And he did it. And you know what they did? They, they created these brand new iMac computers that changed the game and saved the company. But if he could not, and he did not say no, Marshall, they wouldn't have made it. So I just, I encourage you right now, Thrivers, I encourage you to write down a list today of all the things that you need to say no to. What are the things you need to say no to? Because there's so many things you could say yes to. So I'm going to give you an example of something I'm saying no to. And Marshall, you tell me if I'm a bad person. If I am a bad person, I'm okay with it. Are you, re you ready for this? I'm ready for it. We are located on the left coast of the Arkansas River. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. Accurate. And there is uh, fireworks that are going to be shot off here on uh, the 4th of July. Yeah, it, it, that's, uh, that's the rumor. It's the Boom Festival. The Boom And Festival. so because we're right here on the Riverwalk, you know, we could, I could... Uh, fold up lawn chairs and, and watch it right here behind. You know, I, I could come here to watch the fireworks. You know, I could do that on July Fourth. That, that is an option. Yeah. And you know what? I'm probably not going to do. What are you not going to do? I'm not going to do that. Really? Because I don't want to. <laughs> you know. <What? laughs> so I don't. I don't feel an obligation to do it just because we're officed here. Okay. I just. I want to do other things. Yeah. And I don't know what those things are yet. But my wife declares to me what those things are. Yeah. And whenever she wants me to do, that's what I want to do, too. And so you're saying no because you know something will be declared, and so you're holding that 
option yeah. open to because holding that time open because you know something will be declared. If she ever said, "Hey, let's go watch fireworks. Let's pull out some lawn chairs and watch them," that would be the first time. Are you saying that you're saying no to certain things in order to keep your wife happy? I am. I say no to a lot of things, and I'll give you another example. We have a lot of uh, uh, dudes who work here. A lot of ladies that work here, and probably, you know, I'd say once every three months, four months. Marshall, you know how it is when you, because you, you help do the hiring and interviewing yeah. people. Uh, a member of the team will go, Is there any way, you know, we could meet just you and me? I want to go over some things. Well, if you're a dude, I'm like, uh, Sure, right? If you're a lady, I'm like, No, that's why we have that bar area. So Ooh. it's like I can meet with somebody one on one if I had to, but it's like open. Yeah, nothing weird could happen or be alleged that it right. happened, and I have to say no all the time to those kinds of things. Um, speaking events, um, I had to say no to a lot of those things. And Marshall, you and I know we we love we 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 love we rocked UPS together. Yeah, we out were, in Colorado, we rocked uh, South Dakota together. Oh, South Dakota, that was a game changer. We rocked, I think, EXP together. Yeah, EXP out in Vegas. Yeah, so we you know we we love rocking the shows, and people like when we're there. We get the applause. People say it's the best they've ever had. We like it. It was like the the best business speaker meets world class DJ experience. Oh, and people say to us, they go, "You guys are good. Could you come back out?" And we say, "No." But the thing is, is so many people were asking for that type of speaking event experience. Yes. And I think that was one of your passions, why you wanted to get the Thrive Time conferences going in the first place. Yeah. We, well, we, the thing is, I felt like that um, business. Did you have a good, did you have a really good professor in college? Did you have a professor that was really I did. I did. I I had one. Okay. Well, here's what I feel like. I feel like I have had a really powerful uh, uh, teacher or two. Yeah. And I think of Miss Jansen. Okay. And Miss Jansen had a way about making every um, reading assignment the most freaking interesting thing in the world. Okay. She's like, guys, we're gonna read Lord of the Flies, and I'm going, blah, 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 blah. you know, I'm thinking, oh, I mean, as a kid, typically when a high school teacher talks to you, you're like, wah, 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 wah. so she says, we're gonna read Lord of the Flies. But when she said it, I'm like, I want to read that. She goes, here's this story. The story is of a young man, these young dudes, they're playing crashes, and when the plane crashes, these young guys, they now have to survive on this island until someone rescues them, mm -hmm. and they do the things on the island that society does. So what they do by default is a microcosm. It's, a, it's an exploration. It's a, it's a demonstration of what most people do in life, how they choose a leader, how they blame people. You're going to see it all, and I want you guys to take notes, copious amounts of notes, in the columns because we're going to break it down, and whoever has the best report, the best uh, uh, you know, impassioned pleas, and the best breakdown, shall win a boom, boom, whatever. And just the way that we would read a chapter every week and she'd break it down, it never got boring. It was a game changer, Marshall, and she made it interesting. Then the other classes, I'm going, what are we? I remember one guy, He literally, this is one of my teachers, he goes, everybody, I want you to open up your, uh, I'm trying, I, I, too much energy, I had too much energy. I'm trying yeah, to, it, 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 dial back. Everybody, I want everyone to open up your uh, history books. To oh. just kind of, he always said that, oh, like, what is he doing? He's, open up your history books to... Um, the chapter we're reading and just its story. I think you're too American. articulate. Uh, I think you got to be less articulate. He, he there. would do that though, like about America and just the revolution and just you got to learn all that stuff and take your test and just frick. 
And he was like just annoyed that he had to talk. He had such low energy. Just the way he talked stressed me out. And so every, th- every time he wanted to teach me anything, anytime that he was required to teach me anything, I should say, I didn't want to learn it. And so I think a lot of people are rejecting business because you reject the way it's delivered. Mm. You're rejecting business because you say, you know what? It's so boring. It's so complicated. There's so many things I have to learn. It's not really that boring, Marshall, and nor is it that complicated. It's actually kind of fun. And so we, we've brought kind of like, it's like Jim Gaffigan meets business. Marshall, the, your delivery style, it's, it, it's high energy, it's very specific, it's detailed. You got that comic relief that kind of, you know, keeps the people having a good time. I'm kind of a little more, you know, bounce all over the place as far as I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I know the aim, I know the mission, but I have a lot of fun getting there. And we work together and people leave every time saying it was the best business workshop they've ever been to. But Marshall, the people should not listen to us. They should go read the reviews. Yeah, you got to go online and read the reviews on thrivetimeshow.com. Thrivetime Show reviews, type it in. Clay Clark reviews, type it in. Thrive 15 business coach reviews type it in but marshall we had to say no to those speaking events to say yes to our in-person workshops now marshall there are four things that are going to keep most people from saying no one is they just don't know their aim or their mission that's kind of the first we've already covered that now the second is boredom Mm. marshall people get bored marshall i'm going to give you a little 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 deep thought here you know many people including leaders, sincerely dislike doing the same thing over and over. You know, just that that hypnotic rhythm is is unnerving to them. You know, to most people, it's like they just can't tolerate monotony. And so they find themselves aggressively going in circles because their leadership style constantly endorses new ideas. They actually enjoy distractions, rabbit trails, but if you look at Jack Welch or Steve Jobs, any of the top leaders, they were experts. They were maniacally focused on saying no to the things that were not in line with their vision. Marshall, Marshall, how can everybody, I mean, how often do you see this as a business coach where boredom truly is the issue? Well, a lot of people, they know what it is that they need to do, okay? But for whatever reason, uh, my my main man, T.D. Jakes, listen to a lot of oh, T.D. Jakes. I love T.D. Jakes. He says that you've got to fall in love with the process. The, the process. The process. There is no promotion without process. And so Repeat this, that again. There's no what? There is no promotion without process process. Oh my gosh. And so you got to be loyal to the process. And so it's not um it's not a new thing or it's not a uh a, an innovative thing that will actually move the needle in your business, but rather the boring repeatable systems. If you are somewhere and you want to get somewhere else, I encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com and learn about our next in-person workshop. Stay tuned. Thrivetime Business Coach Radio. So remember when we were driving, driving in your car Speed so fast I felt like I was drunk City lights way out before and your arms just wrapped right around my shoulder I wanna be a billionaire so freaking bad Buy all of the things I never had I wanna be on the cover of Forbes magazine Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. All right. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, a current writer for the Forbes uh, Forbes Magazine Coaches Council. I uh, have been featured in such feature films as uh, too many to name, really. No, but Thrive Nation, we are so excited to be here with you today because today and every day, we go through the mailbag of questions posed by great people like you, and we break it down and we give you the specific, practical, 
uh, answers. We give you the practical training, the practical mentorship, the the business school without the BS that so many people are looking for. And as a business coach, that, that's what we're all about. And so we're talking today about the no zone, the art of saying no. So let me tee up the idea here for you. So let's say that you know your aim. You know your definite chief aim. And, you know, you've written out your mission, right? So you're, you're, you, you know your aim and you're on a mission for anything, for any, anything at all, whether it's to be on time for a meeting or to do something profound with your life. Once you have that aim and that mission, that I call that ambition, that, 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 that intersection of the aim and the mission. Well, then once you're on that, 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 that mission, right, that, that ambition, you start to run into obstacles, uh, people who have different opinions, different worldviews, different concepts, different feedback, different... And then if you're not careful, you begin to drift because of the first sign of any pushback you begin to say, you know, I know this was my mission. I know that I wanted to, I know I, I went to the conference and I know I'm committed to doing 100 uh, uh, cold calls a day, but, you know, somebody doesn't want me to, someone wants to go out to coffee with me. And so you go, you know, I won't make calls today, but tomorrow I'll get back after it. Well, now you got a diet. You're on a diet too, by the way. You're trying to make 100 calls a day and trying to eat less food. So your mom, though, your mom, she, your mom makes some sen- sensational key lime pie. She's a key lime pie maker. She's a diet breaker. And so you say, mom, I'm not interested in any key lime pie. Mom says, no, 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 baby, baby, I made this myself. And so you compromise. And now you're eating the key lime pie. You didn't make your hundred calls. And then you go, you want to work out though. You're going to work out. You said, you know, I had my pie. I uh, didn't make my hundred calls, but at least I'm going to get my workout in at seven o'clock. Well, then your buddy shoots you a text and says, hey man, you want to watch the game tonight? And you're like, well, fine. And if you're not careful, you will be a drifter. And that is where we enter in the business coach, Robert Redmond. Robert Redmond, how are you, my friend? I am doing uh, extraordinary. Ooh. Some vernacular, spectacular. Shout out to Marshall Morris on that one. I'm excited to be here, Clay. Now, I want to ask you this, because you, as you coach clients, just kind of think about the the landscape. We won't mention any names of any businesses, but because you work with people on the East Coast, the left coast, the north and south, different entrepreneurs, all different industries. Can you think of an example of a client that maybe you worked with or an industry you worked in where the client uh, maybe you know wasn't used to the regimen of what it means to commit to something and then to begin to say no to other things to make that possible? Maybe 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 a breakthrough that occurred. Well, I think that is one of the challenges that we face with most of the businesses that we work with. Um, you know, the reason why a lot of companies come to us and ask for coaching is because they need to do things differently. If they stay on the current course that they are on, by default, they're not going to get any different results. Now, I have a visual example. I know it's a radio show, so it's kind of weird because it's a radio show. I give you a visual, and you're like, well, that's really helpful. How do I even know you did that? (laughs) What I'm going to do, Robert, is I am going to uh, real quickly, I'm going to um, put the headphones down, and I'm gonna. We're gonna be on the live air here. We're gonna keep it going. Okay. And I'm gonna go grab the example so I can show it to the Thrive Nation. I know it's a radio show, but I'm gonna show it to them. And in the meantime, I would like for you to describe to the Thrivers your five-year goals, so that the Thrivers can hold you accountable to not drifting. Your, your five-year goals, maybe some of the things you're like. You know what? We're getting personal wanna... here. No, and you, you you can keep it. You don't have to get anything super personal. It could be like five year goals in certain areas. You know, you could you could talk about a few of them. You know what I mean? Any, any, what do you think? I just... would be more than happy to. So let's go ahead and get started. Clay is on a mission, getting the visual for the radio, and the reason why he wanted me to describe my five year goals is because the first thing that you need to do in order to avoid drifting 
is to have a big goal. You have to have a big why. Uh, for me, that's actually building a uh, company with my family, uh, building family wealth. I'm currently working with my uh, dad, Tim Redmond, who is a partner of Clay's, and we are together building a company to uh, sustain our family, which is one of my big whys. Now, I'm, I'm back now. I'm back That now. was really quick. I was prepared <laughs> to literally go for five minutes. It, it, was a, it was a quick deal. It was a quick deal. You, you, we learned best by uh, swimming. You just put somebody in the water, and next thing you know, you figure out whether they can swim or not. This is what I did over the weekend, Thrivers. Hopefully you can see it. Hopefully you're excited about it. Robert, could you explain to the Thrivers what's inside this Manila folder of awesome. It's a, can you kind of explain to the Thrive Nation what, what, what they're looking at there? So this looks like um, a transcript for a book that you're writing. There, there is a man here. I believe that's Carlton Pearson. Yeah, it's Carlton Pearson. And I'm looking at the cover. It's called Any Given Sunday Lessons for Communicating Effectively. And what I'm holding it's not just like a 10-page manuscript. This is not like a 25-page manuscript. Yeah. Clay, I would say that this this is over 100 pages. Yeah, when printed, it right there, that, that copy's 80, 80 pages. Or just when, about 80. When, when printed, it'll be about 160. And uh, it's the Pearson Principles for uh, powerful presentations is what we're working on. So we're working through it, but it's he has a movie coming out here called uh, Come Sunday about his life. And what happened is, you know, uh, Carlton Pearson was a guy who was personally mentored by Oral Roberts. So think about this for a second here, okay? Napoleon Hill was personally mentored by Andrew Carnegie. I want everyone to get that. The world's wealthiest man personally mentored a young guy by the name of Napoleon Hill. And he wrote a book, Out Came the Byproduct, Think and Grow Rich. So Think and Grow Rich is the book. It's a best-selling book. And Oral Roberts is struggling, floundering, trying to turn his, what he believes to be a mission given to him from God, an aim and a mission. And so he reaches out for a coach, for a mentor, for someone to show him the way. And he found Napoleon Hill. So Napoleon Hill educated Oral Roberts. And then Oral Roberts is reaching out going, hey, I need to find someone to succeed me, somebody to carry on the vision of the university. And that guy was uh, Carlton Pearson. I don't know if you know that. Carlton Pearson was supposed to uh, take over that school. Yeah, I remember you told me that once. And so, uh, anyway, this book is the totality of many interviews, many one-on-one sessions, where we're going through and we're explaining his moves that he developed over his speaking career that allowed him to be the number one personality on TBN, the, the, the Christian Trinity Broadcasting Network, the moves that he taught and, sh- and displayed and worked with T.D. Jakes on. You know, T.D. Jakes is now famous. Carlton's the one who put his uh, tapes of him speaking on live TV and aired it all over the world. Uh, these are the moves that Oral Roberts taught him, and this is what allowed him to become an advisor for the member President Clinton and President Bush. Uh, to become best friends or good friends with Aretha Franklin. This is what allowed him to do what he does, and he's teaching all of those moves in that manuscript. And so this weekend. I had to finish writing, and we had family in town. I feel like this is like a holy book, though. Well, we had the thing is, uh, Carlton now switched teams religiously. <laughs> so he used to be on the Judeo-Christian so, team. So to speak. Holy, so to speak. Yeah, he used to be on the Judeo-Christian team. Now he's on a different uh, team. He's more of a universalist now. But here's what I'm saying is I had family in town this week. So the family's in town, but I also have committed. I have an aim and a mission to get this done because I've already signed up for this. I already committed to this right. before the family booked their time. So I could do two things. One, I could miss a deadline, which I never do. Or I could uh, say, forget family. 
which I don't do. So I had to find the balance. How do you do it? So I decided to set my alarm for 1 a.m. And I found at 1 a.m. it's amazing how few distractions are going on. And so between 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. every day, I worked on this book for three days in a row. And here is the manuscript. So 24 hours later, it's, it's ready to go. I've been working on it for, for months, but I had to finish it up. And But I had to say no, Robert, to some things to get it done. So I'm going to kind of go over the list of some things that I had to say no to, my friend. Before we get into that, Clay, as you know, I studied theology, and we have this concept called apostolic succession, where basically the apostles that are ordained in the church are ordained all the way back to Jesus. And it sounds like there's a little bit of this at play with Andrew Carnegie. If Napoleon Hill was mentored by Andrew Carnegie, who mentored Oral Roberts, who mentored Carlton Pearson, who's mentoring you— could one say that you've been directly mentored by the most wealthy man who ever lived? Yeah, well, I well, could say indirectly, but I mean, I, I agree. I, I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, I'm just telling you, like, that's why. I just think I, that's neat. That's why when I uh, heard that Oral Roberts personally mentored, uh, uh, you know, Carlton Pearson. I mean, there's thousands of people going to his church, but that's why I decided I am going to become friends with this man. Right, like, it is going to happen. I'm right. going to somehow get into partnership with him, and this right here is. Uh, our first uh, partnered project. So I'm 36. I've been working on this for about 19 years, 18 years. And in order to achieve that partnership that you have now achieved, I'm sure during the way in going after that partnership, you had to say no to certain things. Right. And so this weekend, I, the things I said no to, you know, they said, hey, hey, you know, the family, you know, hey, we're going to have some key lime pie, you know, and I had to say no. Because I'm trying not to eat key lime pie right now, you know what I mean. So had to say no, and I you know, and it's tough because it's great key lime pie, you know. But I want, I mean, <laughs> the I wanna, diet breaker. Yeah, I want to say yes, but I said no. Other things I said no to today. I mean, today I, I I'm now auto shipping my lunches every day, you know, healthier food there. So if someone said, hey, you want me to pick you up something over there at Los Cabos? You know, I love Los Cabos. Give me the calories. Give me the guac. Give me the guac. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I love that guacamole. But I had to say no. Then family's like, hey, you want to stay up tonight? You know. I stayed up till nine o'clock. That's as late as I ever stay up typically. But I go to bed at nine. You know, I wanted to stay up till ten or eleven. You know, twelve. You know, but I had to go to bed, and I did it because I had to make those trade-offs. And I, I had to make a big trade-off a couple years ago. I had to build the man cave, and so the man cave is uh, basically it's like my studio office. It is everything I need to run my businesses remotely. So I was able to um, do some recording and some creation of some things and do some manuscript editing all out of the house. So I've got you know $100,000 of equipment tied up in the man cave that allows me to work remotely. So it, you, you have to be able to say no ultimately to say yes to your success. You have to say no ultimately to say yes to your success. But you know there's, there's, there's things that get in the way. And move number one that gets in the way is you just don't have an aim or a mission. Move number two, you, you know, it's a deal. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I'm sure it doesn't affect any of the thrivers out there, but boredom. You just get bored. You're like, you know, gosh, I've been married so long, you know, I've been married so long. I kind of want to switch it up, you know. I've been in this job for so long. I kind of want to switch it up. I've been I've been consistent with this workout for so long, you know. I just boredom. I mean, Robert, that's a thing. I think a lot of people really do struggle. Robert, I mean, you see this with clients. I mean, you've helped a lot of clients get out of the addiction of new, but why do people as a general rule like just struggle with the concept of boredom? This is something that I would love to marinate on for oh. a moment because, Clay, I am a millennial, 
And I know that uh, term millennial, you know, people have certain negative connotations with that. And, you know, some of those connotations are rightly deserved. But one of the connotations is that we are always seeking new experiences, new things that you can't rely on a millennial because there's no consistency there. But the reason why you need consistency, the reason why you need to uh, move away from being so addicted to new is because without consistency, you can never build anything great. You can't. You're always known as the new idea guy. And it scares people to always have new new haircuts, new looks, new moves, new new commitments, new friendships, new you've got to find your heart song. You've got to define your aim, define your mission, and stay to it until you get there. You know, the word focus stands for focus on core tasks until success. And there will be moments that you, you fall to the ground and you get discouraged, but you've got to emotionally connect to your long-term goal and emotionally disconnect from the short-term setbacks. My name's Clay Clark. You're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. We're going to queue up some Mike Posner. Listen to the lyrics headed into the break, and we'll be back with you right after the break. Sneak into Oklahoma Joe's. There were moments when you fall to the ground, but you were stronger than you feel you are now. You don't always have to speak so loud. No, just be as you are. Life is not always a comfortable ride. Everybody's got scars that they hide And everybody plays the fool sometimes Yeah, just be as you are I'm the most humblest. Chose myself cause I'm at the peak of where my humble gets. Started from the bottom, but now I'm at the top. Listing all the things that my humble self bought. I bought chickens and trees and rabbits and cats. I bought my wife a massage. With the mall I could nap. I bought car insurance so I could insure my car. Pondered that all week so deep I'm bizarre. So ladies and gentlemen, I introduce myself. Number one business coach helping to build wealth so pale it's surreal but for real i'm so pale causing jealousy from kevin McHale. and now more from a man who's never been called beautiful your host clay clark oh robert you just heard it for the first time uh, it's so it's so humble. that was magical you, you like that that i was not <laughs> expecting that when i first heard oh. the beginning of the song but that was a treat that's what you do at the camp clark and chicken palace over the weekend you work on the carlton pearson manuscript scripts on how to do the Pearson principles of powerful speaking and you work on the so humble so so deaf remix that is amazing ah now we're talking today about saying no saying no to the things that are distractions so you can say yes to the actions that will get you closer to your passion I repeat saying no to the things that are distractions so you can say yes to the actions that will get you closer to your passion. That's all I'm asking. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. I'm a business coach. That's Robert Redmond. He's a business coach. Robert, hey you've yo. got some questions. You've got some thoughts. Go for it. I do. So Clay and I were talking during the break, and this concept that we're talking about here, uh, saying no to new things, saying no to new opportunities. I know Steve Jobs has a quote where he says uh, that he's more proud of the thing, thousand things that he said no to 
than the things that he said yes to. Yeah, you know, this, I'll, I'll read it for you here. Says, oh, yeah, we got the quote. He says, people think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on. But that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are. You have to pick carefully. And I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things I have done. Innovation is saying no to a thousand things. Steve Jobs, this just in. Back to you. That was a great quote. And so this is something I'm passionate about is, is just remaining consistent. I know, Clay, something that, that you share here and that you share with all of us coaches during our coaches meetings is that you've got to commit to something for 10 years. And if you do not, then don't even worry about starting. Yeah. And this is, this is an example. Like I write uh, for, for the Forbes folks. I'm, I'm honored to do that. Then you say, what does that mean? What you have to do is first you have to make a sketch of what you want to write about. So you, you think about it hard, you think about it deeply, and then you have to write it. You know, So you write it, and after you write it, you have to go to bed. Because you, you, when you wake up in the morning, you realize that Ernest Hemingway was right when he said the first, the first draft of anything is crap. So you wake up and you go, that was, that was, that was some <laughs> crap, man. And then the second day, you edit it again. Day three, now, you know, you're out to dinner with your wife, you're doing something, you're going out for a glass of wine, you're going to a movie, and it hits you like a, uh, 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 it hits you like a, like a lead pipe, and you say, the curse of knowledge, no, and people are saying, what is it? It's the curse of knowledge. People, why, what is the curse of knowledge? It's, uh, I forgot what I forgot, and so I now forgot what I didn't know. I forgot that what I, what I thought everyone knew, they don't know because that's not their expertise. So like the, like the orthodontist, we have a great orthodontist who works with my child, my kid. He'll say something like, you know, we're going to pull the incisor out, you know, to make room for the, the molars that are coming in. And you're, and you're, you know, and I'm going, incisors? Is that like a new kind of a safe scissor and molars? <laughs> Is that a, we're talking about landscaping moles? I mean, what yeah. do you mean? So you don't, you don't know what he's talking about because it's the curse of knowledge. It's jargon, it's nomenclature, it's abbreviations, it's, it's you're referring to things as other common, but they're not. You think that it's common sense, but it's not common. Right. And that's the curse of knowledge. So then what you have to do is you got to take all that out, and you got to write it at a third grade level, not because people are stupid, but because most people don't know the nomenclature. And what is the, I mean, are you a good communicator if no one understands what you're saying? No, you have to find a common union, which is what the word communion means. So you have to find that common union, and then you can move forward with a sense of empathy and trying to help somebody. And it's a, it's a process. Well, how did you? How did I do it? Well, I've written now, uh, I think there's seven books I've written, and with this new one with Carlton, it'll be my eighth book. And uh, it's just what you do, and you just write, and you look back at it, and you hire coaches, and you hire mentors, you hire speech coaches, uh, you hire authors, uh, editors to help you, and they coach you, they, they encourage you to get better, and you, ref you defer to experts. And then pretty soon people look up and they, they say, hey, I read your last book, and it was, it was good. And you're almost shocked. You're like, what? What? You like a book that I wrote? What? And then pretty soon they start to say, yeah, I actually got four of them, and I like all four of them. And you realize, oh, wow, after committing to something for 10 years, I'm finally not terrible. Now, here's the next aspect. It's the addiction to new. Many college students love the idea to change their major. Oh, just change the major. Oh, yeah. People love the smell of a new car. Entrepreneurs love new ideas. You know, it's exciting. You know, it's kind of, oh, my gosh, you see that girl? Bro, do you see that girl? Bro, bro, look at her. Oh, you know, that girl maybe isn't the girl you're married to. What, what, what kind of show is this? What is this? What kind of show is Are this? Are we being real? I mean, this is the thing. So then what happens is, then you realize, you know what? I have an addiction to new. 
And so what you have to do right now is you've got to sort of vaccinate yourself against new, and you got to focus on the old idea that actually works. You see, your ability to remain focused on the old idea until completion is of the utmost importance. You've got to learn. You, you, my friend, have to learn to say no to the thousand ideas you could do, to say yes to the five or six realistic ideas. And I'm going to give you an example. Elephant in the room. We are absolutely top in Google. Get out your computer. Type it in. Here we go. Get out your smartphone. Get out your computer. Get out your smartphone. Get out your computer and type it. Type it now. Type it. Type it now. Type in Tulsa men's haircuts. Tulsa men's haircuts. Well, how do you spell it? You can spell it however you want. I don't care. Just Google search. Tulsa men's haircuts. Why are we topping Google? Because you pay for it. Because you're special. Because Google's a scam. Because you work with the federal government. Because you work with the Federal Reserve. Did you know the Federal Reserve isn't even federal and there's no reserve? Stop talking about conspiracy theories. You can learn how to do it, but you got to stay focused on it, my man. And I know these things because I stay focused on them. So, Robert, what, what questions do you think the average coaching client may have about this idea of focusing down and avoiding the new, you know, focusing on the new all the time? Well, I have actually got two questions I think our clients and our Ooh. listeners may have. The first question is this, is that, you know, Clay, I absolutely agree with you 100%. you got to say no to the 5,000 things that say yes and stay committed to that one thing. But we also live in a day and age where it seems like we have more choices than ever before. We have more access to opportunities than ever before. Uh, for the college student who's changing their major all the time, they have more selections, more major options to choose from than ever before. And so my question is this, how do you find the right idea to say yes to and remain committed to that for 10 years? Well, one, you want to do that research. You want to think about it deeply before you decide anything. So I don't buy into that rush of, oh, my gosh, we need to write something on social media right now. Ah, it's going to be viral. No, I like to take a time out, and I like to operate in the state called Meta, where I work above the current reactionary world. We come back. I'm going to talk to you more about how you, too, can be thinking Meta, living Meta, and kind of living above that reactive, hyper-emotional, bleeding edge of get-rich-quick, scammy McScammersons. It's a Thrive Time Business Coach radio show on your radio. Stay tuned. Go to Oklahoma Joe's. Get some baked beans. You still got time. Come on, let's go. Oklahoma Joe's, you and me. Let's do it right now. This is what the Lord wants me to do. In my heart, I just believe that there's no proof. I think about the chorus, the melody's important, but nothing sounds sweeter than the truth. I used to sip the whiskey and hit the bomb I gave that up, now all my friends are gone And my folks don't understand I ain't no macho man But I know how to write Alright, Thrive Nation, welcome back. My name is Clay Clark and you are listening to some Mike Posner right there on his new newest album called At Night alone, where he talks about uh, basically knowing what the Lord wants him to do. He says he actually now knows what God wants him to do. He knows that he's put on earth to write music, and he knows that he shouldn't be around certain people anymore and do certain activities, but he knows his aim, and he knows his mission, and therein lies the problem. That's why the album's called At Night Alone, because he said he finds himself now feeling alone, 
but yet it's like at peace. So it's kind of a weird deal. But like this weekend, you know, my son and I were out there on this mower. It's a 48-inch riding Husqvarna mower. And Robert, we are making a trail. So you're, you were going through like 17 acres of, of woods and stuff, and we're, but there's like areas they cleared back in the day for probably planting, uh, uh, you know, corn and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, some type of crop. And so we're just going through that, and I'm walking ahead with a rake with my, with my four daughters, and we're basically walking in rows to make sure there's no rocks, and then we're just mowing over it and creating these, these trails. And uh, knowing that that is what the Lord wants me to do makes me feel confident in doing that. And then being on this radio show right now with you, the listener, this is what I know God wants me to do. So I don't have any, like, proof. I don't have any, like, did God tell you? Did he? Let's meet in the prayer gardens at Oral Roberts University, and let's see if he told you. I don't have that. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that I, I woke up and I saw a picture of the cross. It looked a lot like, are you sure that was a cross, or was that just something on the ceiling? The point is, I saw a vision, and when that underneath that vision, there were 13,018 people, all of which, when you add up 13 and 18, where does that get? A number. And that's, no, I don't have that. I don't have a big epiphany, but I have thought about it deeply. I've thought about what does the Lord want me to do? And my F6 areas. And therefore, it's easy to commit to them. So let me just give you some examples. So faith. I switched teams religiously about uh, 10 years ago, nine years ago. And uh, since that time, uh, you know, I did that because I, my son was born blind. And I made this little, you know, d- debate. I said, hey, God, who doesn't respond to me audibly, or sometimes I don't even think you're listening at all. But if you'll heal, heal my son, then I'll switch teams, you know. And, and so I heard nothing. And then I thought, okay, well, that's probably him being him, so whatever. And then my son was healed, and I'm going, oh, man, I have to switch teams now. So I switched teams, so I'm religiously locked in there, you know. And then family, I was uh, chasing this lady around Oral Roberts University for a long time. You know, she was a cheerleader, you know, and I was not a cheerleader. She's a beautiful human, and I'm not a beautiful human. She's really smart, scores well on tests. I don't score well on tests. And so I realized this is... Paul Abdul, the great philosopher, said opposites attract. And so I realized this is something I need to go after here. So I, I chase her around, and like a little boy, you know, I catch her. I, ca- I catch her, and I, and I, I realize I'm not going to let her go. And so that's my, my thing. And so when you kind of know what you're all about, when you know what you're all about, it's like a missile lock, like boop, 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 boop. And then when you just shoot the missile and it follows like a heat-seeking missile, like back to the like a like a like a Top Gun episode, Goose Maverick Maverick Goose, oh, hits his head on the canopy. Bad deal for Goose, but that's what that's what I'm saying. And so you you can you know what you're all about, and you were asking the question before the break about how do you know what to lock into or kind of reset that question. Well, well, yeah, I mean we were talking about the importance of saying no. And you have to say no to the thousands of ideas to stay committed to the one idea, not mm. change ideas, or else you're not going to get anywhere because you're going to be constantly changing what you're doing. And so my question was, in a day and age where we have so many choices, it seems like the options are endless. It seems like the ideas are infinite. Mm. How do you make the decision to choose that one idea when there's so many ideas to choose from. All right, here's the deal. Get all the facts and then act. So what are the facts? So let's say we're doing marketing for Elephant in the Room. we got to focus on just three ways to get customers. Why not 70? 
because I've already worked with Dr. Zellner to, dis to discern our philosophy. We've created the three-legged marketing stool documented in the Boom Book. Marshall Morris, business coach. How are you doing, Marshall? You doing good there, man? I'm doing pretty spectacularly. We we've worked well to document it all in the Start Here book. Yeah. The Boom Book is like the smaller abbreviated. It's abbreviated, and then the Start Here book's unabridged 550 pages of glory that includes the SEO manifesto. For sure, hours and hours and hours of time and research. I mean, it's crazy how much time we spend into it. So I know we have to do the three-legged marketing stool, and, I'll, and I don't want to debate with you about it. I just would say that uh, we could play the whose wallet is bigger game all day, but it works. <laughs> so you implement the marketing strategy, but you have to choose the, the best three, not the perfect three. And then I, I commit to every marketing strategy for 90 days. So that's my thing. So uh, as an example, so we decided to do Facebook advertising, you know? And so we defined our demographic, we did the best practices, and we launched it about five years ago. And it worked. Bam! Awesome, right? Then we did uh, mailers in Valpac. It's a mailers are blue envelopes. I've already tested them out with OxyFresh. We did the mailers and they worked. Bam! Third, we did sign-based marketing where you put signs in front of the business saying your, your first haircut's only a dollar. And every time we did it, our competitor kept stealing the signs. So it's like the Ace of Base song. I saw the sign, and then I went to my competitor's place, and I stole the sign. I stole the sign. And I saw the guy do it. It was ridiculous. He kept stealing the signs. And so I realized I could have sign war, or I could just maybe take that off the, the list of things right now. So we do our search engine optimization. We do Valpac, and we do uh, social media. And there's things we could do, but we just have arrived at those three because they're the most effective, and they require the least amount of our time. So one, Robert, we gathered all the facts, and then we decided to act for a 90-day window. And that's how I test marketing systems. And for employees, uh, team members, I like to go three hours. I like to test somebody out for three hours before they're a good fitter, right or not. Typically, Marshall, I mean, typically when you hire somebody and you say, hey, why don't you, or you don't even hire them yet. You just say, hey, I like your resume. Why don't you shadow me tomorrow? Why can you find out within like three hours whether they're a good fit or not? Well, here's the deal. If, if they pass the smell test, Okay, the smell test. This guy it, smells terrific. Yeah, and he uh, or she uh, could potentially be a good fit for your organization just without looking at their resume. Just bring them on in. Just bring them on in to bring get them, them out. Bring them out because learning from the employee or the potential candidate and see how they interact with your current team will tell you so much more about them. And chances are they are lying on their resume for better or worse. They are lying on their resume in order to appear good. And so it's just better just to get them in front of your other employees, and actually doing the tasks that they will be doing. Now, here is the deeper issue that I'm going to sure irritate, and probably irritate at least half the audience here. And I think that's one of the, the great benefits of this show is if you ever feel yourself getting calm and feeling satisfied, you listen to this show, you get irritated real fast. It helps you get into that flustered zone that we all need, that fight or flight, you know? So people in our culture today have a real hard time uh, making any judgments at all. So it's like if I look at something that I think is ugly, I'm like, that's ugly. Someone else is like, that's just your opinion, bro. Well, no, I mean, for me, that's actually the, the fact is that that's an ugly thing, and I don't want to see the thing again. Uh, ice cream. You know, I don't like a certain kind of ice cream. Yeah, but it's just an acquired taste. I mean, okay, I mean, if you want to drink cat urine, you can do that, but I'm not going to acquire a taste for that, you know? And so what happens is we're in a culture where everybody wants to never disagree with anybody. They want to flow. They never want to disagree. They never want to make a, a judgment. And so we come back, we're going to talk about how to make those judgments about whether something is for you or against you, right or wrong. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. So remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights way out before and your arms just wrapped right around my shoulder and I, I, 
had a feeling that I belong And I, I had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone All right, Thrive Nation, Raider fans, Raider fans, get ready for yet another disappointing season as my New England Patriots destroy you. They take from you what was once yours, championships. Thrive Nation, if you don't like, if you don't like the New England Patriots, I will give you time to uh, do your research to look into it. But I love the Patriots because they're kind of like a, um, a microcosm of what a successfully run business should look like. You mean when they when they film the other team and they steal their secrets and they deflate the balls? Yeah, that's how Steve Jobs came up with the uh, the mouse. You know, he stole that from Xerox. <laughs> yeah, know? that's exactly right. Actually. You know, when they actually try to recruit other people's players. Yeah. So these are, I mean, I, I see he's sort of like the Darth Vader of sports, Belichick. I mean, he really is like the Darth Vader of, of, of sports. He always wears the hoodie, kind of more like the emperor, I guess. He always has the hoodie on. And if you're listening right now to the Thrive Nation show, we're talking, I, I mentioned that. I mentioned something polarizing like the Patriots because there's something I'm saying yes to. I love the team. I like the Patriots. So if I ever wear a Tom Brady jersey around town or when I'm traveling, man, people like, can't handle it. They want to say something they don't like it because when you stand up for anything, people then want to what? Argue with you, which is this next area. We're talking about learning how to say no to the things that don't matter so you can say yes to the things that do matter. And this third area is the emotional human interaction. And I see this all the time where people have a great vision a great plan for their life, a great dream. But Marshall Morris, business coach, I, I see this. They, they want to do something with their life. And it could be as simple as expanding the parking lot. I had, I had a business I worked with years ago. And she paid extra money to have an ex, a expanded parking lot for her downtown business. And when she paid extra money to expand the parking lot to take more parking spaces, which, oh, by the way, she paid for her competition got, not her competition, but a, a local business, a nearby business, a neighbor business, got infuriated that she, in fact, had taken her parking spaces. She, she just leased more spaces. It's her right to do that. But by taking more parking spaces, the, the, the neighbor right away came up, this neighboring downtown business was like, who do you think you are taking all the parking spaces? And it irritates people. So, Marshall, I mean, walk the thrivers out there through, how do you say no tactfully when dealing with other humans as opposed to robots? Yeah, so this goes back to one of the things that we were talking about earlier is they let the emotion get in the way of the motion. And so, oh. and so you got to ask yourself, what is the end goal? What is the end result? And everything that you want to do emotionally in that time of high emotion and high conflict and high uh, controversy. Yeah. It, you've talked about this before, but you just got to do the opposite. Yeah, it, and I'm just giving you an example of what not to do, Thrivers. I talked to a guy today uh, who brought this up. It's an old story, so it's old yeah. enough where it can be funny now. Okay. But we had a guy who used to work in my office who was stealing customers. And it was okay. probably about 10 years ago. Sure. We'll say it was 37 years ago. 37 I'm 36, years but okay. it was 10 years ago. Okay. And so the guy, you know, I, I don't go out much. Probably a good reason for that. You know, I don't go out very much. And I, he's, he literally was, like, working in my office and stealing customers. So okay. I fired him. And I mean stealing. Like, he would answer the phone. Thank you for calling DJ Connection. they go, yeah, I'm looking to book a wedding. Oh, yeah, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, can I call you back after work? My schedule is slammed. And he would just book the weddings for himself. All the time. And he would tell people, the way we do it, it's kind of different. I'm like the ambassador. You just book with me directly. And that way, so if you have any questions, customer service, just call me. We do it that way so we have higher quality. And to maybe those three or four customers a week, it made sense. Well, I busted him. You know, I saw the game, saw the scam, whatever. So I fired the guy. 
So I'm at like this uh, gathering, you know, this this party, this festivity, you know, and uh, you know, I saw the guy there, and you know, he was saying some some things that that weren't uh, nice, you know, and so I laid the guy out, you know, just uh, threw a haymaker. He said just, some things that were not in line with your core values. Yeah, yeah, and so I, you know, I did exactly the opposite of what you're tra- training for okay. right now. Okay. I threw a, <laughs> I threw a haymaker, but that was sort of like my my you know thing. And so today I talked to a guy. It's been ten years. Yeah, and this guy's like, hey, I want you to know. I work for the recipient of the haymaker, mm. and I wanted to hire you guys to coach my business, and I've heard that you're a haymaker thrower, and I just wanted to know, did you actually do that? And I'm like, well, absolutely. And he's like, well, what happened? I told him, he's like, kind of makes sense, but uh, do you do that still? I said, no, I'm not a haymaker, haymaker thrower, but I did throw a haymaker, and I say that because everyone listening right now, you've got to come from somewhere. You have to, don't work, don't talk about the past. Let's talk about the future. It's not where you came from. It's where you're going. And so Marshall, you're saying emotionally, we need to kind of disconnect ourselves from that immediate irrational response, that urgent thing we want to do. Whenever you want to be the most mad, okay, Mm. you have to show it in the least way. Oh. The most mad has to warrant the least amount of reaction for you. And I teed this up before the break, but here's where I think society has an issue. Um, I had a company that I sold here, and uh, the company, um, we don't supply, I, I, I don't, I reserve the right to not take your wedding photos. So I don't have to take your wedding photos if I don't want to. And uh, we had a guy who booked his wedding, true story. He wanted to wear a bird beak, and it was a pagan themed wedding. Not kidding. A cape, a bird beak. No, I'm not being serious. It was at a downtown venue in downtown Tulsa. And uh, I did not understand that our team booked it without my you know, knowledge. And so I found myself, I, found, I discovered that I had a teammate out there being asked to do the wedding. And so I went up to the wedding and I refunded the person and I apparently ruined their, their wedding and I, I didn't provide services. And it created some you know, legal entanglements. And uh, I frankly don't care. And uh, there's many other scenarios. I'll let the thrivers out there go wild in this politically correct era and to just speculate as to what other kinds of weddings I would not do. But I decided not to do probably about 20 weddings a year. You know, just saying, I'm not going to do it. And it unnerves people when you say, I biblically think that this worldview is wrong, therefore we're not going to do your wedding. And it just freaks people out, you know? And then when you, so whenever you, when you say, I have gathered all of the facts... And I've decided to act. It freaks people out because we're in a culture right now where yet up is down, yes is no. I can see your point, right or left, you know. And so, as an example, if you're late to a meeting in my office, then you're just late to the meeting. I'm not. I'm not going to judge you and say I hate you. It's just you're less dependable if that is a normal occurrence, you know. And, and that and Marshall, it's so hard for a lot of people, I think, to be because they say I don't want to be judgmental. He's a good person, but. You know, they're a good person, so I think you have to understand that anytime you say yes to anything, you're going to have to say no to some things. And I want to read you a little notable quotable from Dale Carnegie, the author, the best-selling author of How to Win Friends and Influence People. He says, when dealing with people, let us remember we are not dealing with creatures of logic. We are dealing with creatures of emotions, creatures bristling with prejudices and motivated by pride and vanity. Marshall, break it down for us. Talk to me about the, the whole idea of knowing where you stand, saying yes, stink, saying no, black and white, viewing the world in right and wrong, kind of judgmental terms. 
Well, you must define what your core values are before somebody puts you to a question of them. Oh. Okay. So if you wait until somebody questions your core values or questions your culture and questions what you believe in, then you're going to be caught in a time of uncertainty and indecision. And at that moment, that's what people will judge you on. Can the, I can I give you an example real quick? I want to brag on you real quick. Okay. You know your values. I do. And Robert and I were talking, you know, we're at their bar there in the office. We have a, a bar at the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Okay. And I was just trying to see where your values were. You know, I was just joking okay. with you. You yeah. know, but I, I, I said, I said, I didn't say it out loud, but it was like an internal dialogue that I knew okay. you could feel. Okay. And Robert <laughs> wasn't necessarily near me, but he was in the building. I sensed. Right. And I thought, I wonder if Marshall, so I, I thought this to you. Okay. Marshall. You um, we're going to relocate the office to a nudist colony. Okay. Where we are only going to survive on alcohol. Oh wow. And uh, a slightly legal medical pharmaceutical uh, edible bites that we got from Colorado. You okay. know brownies. Got okay. it. And I I wonder if he Marshall and I, I was thinking this telepathically. Marshall is uh, Marshall. Do you want to join our little band of merry men as we move into our nudist colony out near Bristow, where we will eat brownies and uh, adult drink adult beverages that may or may not be uh, uh, laced with various things that are now legal in in Colorado? And you you looked at me, and I do, you didn't say it, but I could sense that you were thinking no. Okay. Would you turn you, down that kind of offer right here on live radio? You, you felt <laughs> you felt that I would say no. I, I'm going to go actually on record for, with all the thrivers, and I'm going to go ahead and say no. You would not, because there, there's a nudist colony in Bristow. Mm. I've got several friends that live in Colorado. We could get the brownies. We could get the beverages, and you would you would turn it down right here on live radio. I on live radio. I'm going to with all of the thrivers as my witness. I'm going to go ahead and say no. And to get access to the camp, you'd have to get a tattoo. Oh, on really? your body, really? That says only God can judge me. Oh, <laughs> okay, Robert. Okay, so Robert, you know your values. Yeah, absolutely. what's maybe a value that you have that maybe is not shared with most of the culture or some people out there? Where you go, this is something you believe that maybe yep. you know culturally, maybe half the people disagree. So one of the values that I have uh, begun to just fully embrace uh, is this thing we're actually talking about. One of my main values is becoming a person of diligence and consistency. And that is unlike many of the values that my, like I mentioned earlier, fellow millennial share, who always wants something new and exciting and oh, good at this man, festival. Go to, go but, you know, I've been really influenced by you and, and some of the other coaches here at Thrive. And I know that you cannot attain success or mastery of any skill set unless you remain consistent and diligent in developing that. Now, Thrive Nation, the people that you are around become your net worth. Your network becomes your net worth. And if you want to improve your net worth and your network, book your tickets to our next in-person ThriveTimeShow.com workshop. Go to ThriveTimeShow.com, book your tickets to our next in-person workshop, and read those reviews. I challenge you, read the reviews. You're going to love it. My name's Clay Clark. I'm a business coach. Have a glorious afternoon. Oh, and, and as always, three, three two, two, one. Boom! Forget that I'm human.